Hey, everybody, we're back from our break, and uh, we are going to kind of catch you guys up on, on what we've been up to. Because JP just said it's been seven and a half years. Has it been seven and a half years? Mm -hmm. I thought it was like six years. Maybe. I don't know. Math is hard. Know. It was, so, it was it's 2014. So March six and a half, six, six years. March of 2014 was our last podcast. Yeah, it was 2014. Yeah, because I'm going on, because I moved here to Florida right after that. And I'm going on, <laughs> uh, I moved here in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. This is okay. crazy shit. The way time yeah. goes by. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It went by so fast. <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah. I mean, if, so if I'm going to talk about what's what's been going on, um, I will say, so it, it all kind of, it actually, everything sort of starts about four and a half years ago. Because before that, I was basically kind of doing what I had always been doing. Um, and then uh, I met uh, my buddy, uh, West, and uh, he and I hit it off and started a, a really good friendship. And shortly thereafter, West was like, hey, um, I'm thinking about doing these events in Palm Springs at the CCBC. And I would love to have you Which be my business CCBC partner. BC is what for people that don't it's know? It's the Cathedral City Boys Club, and it is a clothing optional resort in um, <laughs> Cathedral City, which is right outside of Palm Springs. It has a very high sexual component um, that uh, anybody who's been there knows <laughs> what, that, what that means. <laughs> so, and West and I are both kind of pervy guys who like to be naked and you know do whatever so we definitely uh, were like hey let's let's do this and kind of celebrate our, our interests and we went on a fact-finding uh mission one weekend and uh we we found a lot of facts and we realized that um <laughs> that this was something that we wanted to do for sure and uh and we did we started this thing called western exposure and we do it twice a year and it's a really wonderful weekend of kind of guys who are like-minded who just want to come and relax and be themselves and and wear as little clothing as they want to or as much as they want to and and, and just sort of enjoy the spirit of um of freedom that that brings can I, yeah can i offer my <laughs> perspective on that so because jp have, has been yeah we have we have gone uh every every one and the first couple we just went we were in town for palm springs and we just kind of showed up for the day it was a lot of fun and i think the after the second one we're like why don't we, why don't we get a room? Why don't we just get a room here and, and stay? So that was the first time. And we have been in basically the same room ever since. And yeah. for me, it's amazing because I sit outside of my room and it sort of is like a gathering place and a ton of people just come up and, and uh, sit around and we'll have snacks and we'll have drinks and we'll talk and shoot, you know, just whatever. And it's, it's, uh, it's great. It's like yeah. four relaxing days naked in the sun. It's awesome. And it's, it's big on, we're big on body positivity and inclusiveness. It's very much a come as you are, be who you are kind of event. And yeah. it's very and chill lots, and relaxed. Yeah. And I, and I have really good friends in my life who I love spending time with, who I would ne wouldn't necessarily say, Hey, you should come to this event because it's just, it's not everybody's thing, but right if it is your thing then it's a really fun thing and we've got great djs we've got four different people djing throughout the weekend like carrera and bulldog and uh dicky evil jp all these guys who have helped us um and it's just it's just a blast and west is like the absolute best business partner i could ever hope for he's amazing just so kind-hearted and and such a good guy 
And, so now and, what, and what times of years are these? Have you, I mean, has, has one of them was one of them in the spring? Have you had to cancel them or you can't? Are yeah, you... that's, that's kind of the, the bad thing. So it started, we just did it in April and October. And then the business was so happy with what we were doing for them that they asked us to do after parties during um, IBC, which is another fair event in Palm Springs. And that's in February. So we started doing those and those were highly successful. And then they said, hey, why don't you just reboot our monthly uh, bear weekend, which is called Bears on the Prowl. And so we started doing monthly events. So we now, when there isn't a pandemic going on, um, <laughs> we, have, we have an event every month uh. in Palm Springs, other than we just decided to stop doing December because nobody goes in December. It's just too darn cold. Right. There's too, much, too many other things going on. But we also do a major event in July called Dad Fest which is was kind of like, yeah, which is a celebration of dads and it's very much backyard barbecue, Americana, you know, um, uh, a country fair kind of thing, you know, but with penises. So, um, yeah. <laughs> As you do. Keep your wieners away from the grill, <laughs> yeah. right? Is that what it is? And so it, I have to say, um, doing these events, it's that whole thing when people talk about uh, getting paid to do something they love and that they're passionate about, I'm not saying I don't love my job at the bar and that I'm not passionate about that, but I've been doing that for, you know, over 20 years and doing these events. It's those moments where you're like, wow, I can't believe that I get to do this and be a part of this. And then it actually helps pay my bills too. It's like amazing. Mm. So I just consider myself extremely uh, lucky and blessed uh, to be able to do those, uh, do these events. And, and I bring that up first because, um, a little over four years ago, uh, at our very uh, at our second one in April, I think it was, uh, there was this uh, cute guy that walked into uh, the room where West and I were working on some event stuff, and he was he was coming into the room because he was a friend of West's, and he decided to help us separate glow sticks for this thing we were doing that night, and I was like, <laughs> this kid is adorable. Oh my god, I cannot take my eyes off of him. And we were just all being silly together and doing glow sticks and, you know, and all that kind of jazz. And West, uh, being West, had been working like all day nonstop. And he literally fell asleep, like just fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> and Joey and I kind of looked at each other and I said, you know, you want to go back in my room and kind of fool around a little bit? And he was like, sure. And four <laughs> years later, we've been together ever since, more, more or less. Um, we uh, we kind of long distance dated for for about three years, uh, two and a half years, and then he moved down here with me. Where and was he living? He was living in Chino, which is outside of Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's funny because I watched. I told you guys that I watched our 100th episode drunk cast like about <laughs> a week ago, right. which was. Really awkward. <laughs> like, I'm just like, wow. Did you watch um, it with him? No, I don't. I don't want him to ever watch anything. No, oh, no, okay. no. <laughs> it's too embarrassing. <laughs> and I, I feel like the person I am now is is has grown a lot from the person I, I was. Uh, especially, I it, like I said, it, it was difficult watching it, but it was also you know kind of illuminating and 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 it's interesting as well because it had been so long that I I really had no idea what we were going to talk about you know because um, I hadn't watched it since we'd done it. And uh, the interesting part was me talking about how I didn't feel that uh, relationships between people uh, with lots of years between them where it was possible or that it would work out. And uh, Joey, is, 
Joe's 27. <laughs> so what's for dinner tonight, Crow? Mm, delicious. Yeah. There's a lot of Crow eating in that episode. Yeah, Joey, Joey's 27, and I'm uh, 46 now. And uh, it it works. We're having a good time. And, and he's just he's just a really sweet, amazing guy. And um, it's amazing kind of like, I feel like I, I wear a lot oh, of different there he, is. Really uh, there, there, there he is. There he is. Where? In the corner. Oh, Where? shut up. Oh, there he no is. No way. I'm saying <laughs> things about you. Well, wait, come over real quick and say hi. So this is Joey. Isn't he cute? Hey, Joey. Yes. He, oh, he can't hear it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing video games in the other room right now. Um, Destiny 2, they're doing the Garden of Salvation raid for anybody who plays. They're not <laughs> doing it with me because I'm doing this, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so no, it's been this amazing uh, journey together and his family's awesome and my family totally adores him and I realized that you know, when you are in love with someone, you don't really care what age they are. And what's, what was interesting about that episode was Dave, like, Dave totally read me. I mean, if anybody watched that episode, Dave read the shit out of me. And he was like, <laughs> you think, you overthink everything. You know, you, you think right. too much. If you just allow yourself some happiness, it'll, it'll come into your life. I mean, that was kind of the gist I got from, from a lot of that. And I will say, like, from meeting Joey, I, I stopped thinking about what it was going to be and what it could be and what it might be and what it is and, and what all. And I just allowed myself to live in the moment and enjoy it for what it was, mm-hmm. knowing that the rest of it would all work out if I just did that, you know. And honestly, that's what I've been doing. And, and it's been great. So it's, you know, it's cool. I never, you know. I wasn't sure if that was going to happen for me. And, and like I said, we're four years in and fucking four That's years. Awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, so kind of going off of that too. I mean, it's like, like you said, like living in the moment, like that's been kind of a, a big life lesson for me the last few years too, is to stop trying to plan everything because nothing ever turns out the way that, that you plan it. Like that's bottom line. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't want really to stomp on you if you're continuing, but that was, well, kind of, I mean, there was yeah, one was, other thing I wanted to talk about cause it was kind of a big thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, and Joey was such a huge part of kind of getting through a lot of that is, um, about a little over three years ago, uh, I started feeling awful. Like I felt super depressed, like more depressed I've ever felt in my life to the point where I was actually like, I would say I was suicidal, which I, I it's crazy. And um, I went to my doctor and I told him about this and we had a long discussion. He said, well, let's do some blood work. And here, you know, and, and we probably talked for about an hour and a half, which is one of the reasons I love my doctor, my primary care physician, because they'll talk to me for an hour and a half. And about three days later, he said, you need to go to the emergency room immediately. Um, your kidneys are failing. And um, I already have a specialist ready to go and she knows to look for you and all of that. And, um, and so I went and, um, I was in the hospital for over a month, I think, almost a month, about a month, um, while they were trying to figure out what exactly was going on, um, because uh, there's a stuff in your kidneys called creatinine, and like a normal amount is like 0.2, 0.4. Anybody who's on Truvada knows what their creatinine levels are, because that's one of the things they measure. Or or HIV meds, too. Yeah. Exactly. And mine was... um, 
when I was admitted into the hospital, I think it was 4.1. And at one point while I was in the hospital, it was like 11.7, which Whoa. once you get past two, it's all kind of a granularity. It's, it's not, there's not a big difference, but going from like one, uh, going from less than 1.0 to like 2.1 is, is huge. Um, and so they were just trying to figure out what was causing it. And, you know, we thought maybe it was medication because I was on Truvada at the time. But I was also using like ibuprofen and Aleve and a lot of other things that are hard on your kidneys because I had a lot of back pain and stuff from, from working. And so in the end, um, they were able, I actually was on um, dialysis. I was on dialysis for a while, I had a catheter, um, all this crazy stuff. And um, thankfully, my kidneys uh, recovered uh, to an extent. Um, but they found out that I have like this thing called dense deposit disease, which is like it's like the golden Willy Wonka ticket of kidney disease because nobody in the world has this thing. And I just mm. happen to have it. Um, and to the point where like the specialist, the nephrologist that worked with me, the specialist was talking about me at like symposiums because I had this dense deposit disease along with this other kidney issue and all this. It was like such a rare random thing. Mm. And um, when I, uh, after we you know kind of got, got past that, my kidneys have recovered to an extent. Um, they'll never be, fine again I, my my normal is 2.0 for creatinine like around 1.7 to 2.0 now and i have to watch my diet and all that kind of good stuff but when they left um when they were getting ready to leave they said so you know you have your nephrologist and your primary care physician and we're gonna have you meet your oncologist and you'll need to see her every so often and i was like well oncologist though that's like cancer and and they said well you know you have this protein of undetermined significance that exists in your body. And it's one of those things you have to keep an eye on because it can become cancerous later in life. And you don't normally see it in someone your age. It's something that happens to people in their 60s or 70s and, and this and that. And so I was like, oh, well, that's delightful. You know, <laughs> I hadn't really <laughs> planned on that being a thing. And uh, about a year and a half after I got out of the hospital, um, we were actually at Western Exposure. <laughs> And I had had a, a bone marrow biopsy because they have to look at your, your your bone marrow now and again just to make sure everything's going okay. And she called she called me right before Western Exposure and she said, I need you to call me on Monday because we got the results back and there's something we need to talk about. And I was like, great, I'm, I'm at Western Exposure wondering what my oncologist wants to talk about. Oh Monday. my gosh. And on Monday, she basically said, so there's these cells that your body are creating, and when there's too many of those, it starts to become a problem. And, um, and that's, that's basically what the cancer is that you now have, is basically what she was telling me. It's like, you, you do have cancer. And um, if it's from 5% to 10%, it's called smoldering, and we don't have to do anything, and we'll just keep an eye on it. And I was like, okay. And so... I kind of wrapped my head around the, the idea of, of, of having cancer and, and, and it being something real. And then um, I'd say probably about five months after that, um, I started to feel lousy again and to the point where I decided to go in and have blood work done. And when that blood work was, um, when they did that blood work, they were like, your creatinine is really high again, your, your kidneys are in bad shape. And that was when they were like, okay, so these cells that are in your body are, it's, it's over 20% now. So. Um, the cancer is definitely on the move and we have to start doing some stuff to make sure you're okay. And um, I had to go on, um, I had to do uh, whatever it's called again, uh, dialysis. 
again, so I had another catheter put in. And the good thing about that was that um, they put me on uh, chemo and I had to do shots in my stomach. And that actually um, made uh, all the cells go away. So I was down to like not having any cancer present in my, in my system, which was great. And I actually went off of the, um, I had a, uh, off of dialysis and like the dialysis nurses were like, you're amazing. Cause no one ever goes off of dialysis and you've gone <laughs> off of it twice. And that's incredible that your kidneys recovered. And so these were all like really cool things. But, um, my, my oncologist was like, well, look, you know, um, doing chemo shots, you can do that for the rest of your life if you want to, but it, it might not work forever. And, um, and I, and, and, you know, the side effects, you know, in terms of having an effect on your immune system and things like that, you know, they're not, it's not good. And she started talking about potentially doing a, a bone marrow uh, transplant. And um, the more we talked about it, the more it made sense because she's like, you're young and this will, this will, this is a good thing and you can recover. And, you know, um, and if we do this, you know, you <laughs> could go into recovery and, and, and not have to worry, you know, for anywhere from like five to 10 years um, before the cancer would return. And so, you know, I talked with Joey and my family and we decided that, well, that, that would be a, a good, a good thing to do. Um, I should do like a side note here too. The times when I was in the hospital, I had like what I called my health team, um, which was like Mike Gata and Matt Rose and, and Bailey and um, my family and, and all these people who just like stepped up and it was incredible. Um, the steps, I mean, <laughs> when I think about all the things that they did. Mm-hmm. And all the things that they continue to do, you know, and that includes you guys too. And, and it's, uh, it's really been something. It's, it's to know that all these people have your back. And so we decided to do the, the bone marrow transplant and um, they did that through through UCSD and hooked me up with this rocket scientist doctor. It's funny. I got, I got to the hospital and to meet him for the first time and I go to use the bathroom and this guy comes out of the bathroom and he looks like he's 12, like Doogie Howser. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, well, that guy's not my doctor. And then of course, 15 minutes later, I'm in the office waiting for him and in walks this guy with this curly hair, like this, like kind of surfery, you know, just young. And I'm like, holy crap. And then he starts talking <laughs> to me and I'm just, my blown mind's away. blown. Like he, he, the way he described what we were going to be doing and all what was going on in a way that made it so much, I mean, not, my oncologist is amazing. She's incredible, but he just, it just made it all make so much more sense. And he made me so comfortable. And I just, you know, it, I, I really realized that what I was doing was the right thing. And um, how long ago was this? Uh, how long ago did you have the um, that? So we did the bone marrow uh, by, uh, transplant uh, back in September of, 19, of 2019. Mm-hmm. And it's an re- amazing process. They take your, <laughs> they literally take your cells out of your body. Um, well, through, they take blood out with the, through a catheter and everything. And then they kind of like spin it in this machine and they take all the, the, the bone marrow cells that they need and then they set them aside and like they do it anywhere from one to four different days to get enough cells. And thankfully they got all mine in one day. So I don't I only have to do it once. 
And then, um, and this is all outpatient. And then, um, wow. they, then you go in, into the hospital at UCSD and they, um, they shoot you with this like hardcore chemo. And then after that, they give you your cells back and you spend like two weeks feeling awful. It was horrible. You just mm. feel like your soul has been removed from your body. Mm. You're just, meh. and, and you just, yeah, it's awful. And, but what's great is that while you're feeling awful, your cells are making their way back to where they belong and they're starting to make the cells that you need um, in the right way. Cause that's the whole thing was that my body was making the wrong, too much of one kind of cell and not enough of another. And it just sort of gummed up my works and that's what was making my kidneys fail. And so um, the great thing is, is that it, it, it worked and uh, I was slowly feeling better. And um, after a, a little over two weeks, um, I got to go home. And then a day later, I had to go back to the hospital because I was running a fever and I was feeling like shit. And they were like, yeah, we let you out a little bit too early. And anybody who has ever been a part of this equation knows that I do not do well in hospitals. Um, <laughs> I, I start to go a little bonkers and uh, it's, yeah, it was, it was bad. I mean, it's just bad. I, I almost like block it. I feel worse for the people in my life because they had to put up with all of that and all of my <laughs> just, I mean, yeah, it was not fun. Um, but, uh, and I got to go home and I, it's it's weird because, you know, your immune, immune system is compromised after all of that. Um, and you can't go out. You have to stay home uh, for another mm -hmm. two weeks. And then someone has to be with you at all times to make sure you're not running a fever or getting an infection or anything like that. And so again, like my friend stepped up in just this huge way to come and stay with me and kind of keep an eye on me and help Joey and, um, and my mom and every, it was just, it was incredible. And, and, uh, it was almost like a practice for all of this, you know, <laughs> not <laughs> right. being able to leave say, the house and just went, sitting on my you ass. You went from like one quarantine <clears throat> to another quarantine, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And well, your mom's you a know, nurse, right? My mom is, yeah, she is a nurse. Yeah. What's and, up with uh, her during all this pandemic stuff? Um, she just told me to wash my hands and don't touch my face. No, no. I mean, what is she doing? Is she still working? Is she retired? Oh yeah. She's retired. She was actually, um, oh. going to volunteer to help out. And they were like, we don't want people, um, who are, um, as basically bluntly as old as you volunteering. Cause it's not worth the risk. So yeah. she's they're They're all in Laguna, just staying away from each other and, 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 and all of that. Her, her husband is like very much, like do everything by the book and let's not take any chances and all of that. So she's doing yeah, that. That's, My yeah. sister is working in hospitals because she delivers babies and mm. people haven't stopped having babies. So she's no. definitely <laughs> been doing that and wearing masks and all of that. But, um, I think there's going to be a much more in November and December. There's going to be right. a ton exactly. of babies. <laughs> exactly. That's what they're saying. Yeah, so that's, oh my that's my big long Brian Hill has cancer story. And it, mm. it, it you know, you just you don't think that you're going to have cancer, but then, you know, somebody has got to get it. And right. I, I told, I always tell people, it's like, you know, you think your, your life is going to be a certain way and then something comes along and it literally just takes your life and moves it that way. And all you can do is just, you know, bulldoze your way through it and, and do the best mm. you can. And, yeah. and I think one of the things I really learned throughout all of it was like learning um, that there, that, being vulnerable isn't being weak and allowing people to help you um, is a good thing. And, yep. uh, and it's never been an easy thing for me to do. Um, 
but I sure learned how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that kind of goes into what I was saying about like how your life, um, you know, you, you have these plans and you have these directions that you think it's going to go. And then it just kind of goes in a different direction. So, um, Brian knows I lived in Hillcrest forever. Um, so, uh, in the same apartment actually for 14 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, um, probably about at, around that time at the 14 years, I decided to move just literally right down the street, a couple of blocks or a couple of, uh, not blocks, a couple of houses. Yeah. Into a, into a little smaller place. Um, and try to save a little bit extra money. Um, and was there for about a year and a half. And then the uh, owner of the property just decided to up and sell the property without telling anybody. Um, so we were all unprepared for a move. Um, and it just kind of threw chaos into the mix. Um, they gave us the 30 day notice um, for everybody mm. to get out. Nobody was prepared. Nobody had money saved up to move and it's expensive, you know, it's a, uh, and then started looking around at the prices of Hillcrest and it was astronomical, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like how much it mm. had gone up, um, almost double or triple what I was paying. Um, wow. And so I was like, I, I can't live in Hillcrest anymore. Um, but at the time too, I didn't have any money to move. Um, so we actually tried to petition them and, you know, tried to be like, Hey, well, you know, you guys are buying this property. Like as part of that, can you, give us extra cash. Like none of us were prepared to move. Like we didn't even know we were going to have to move. And they basically found loopholes in our leases and stuff to kick us out early. I mean, it was like insane, Ugh. like the level, it was this like massive builder guy that owns a lot of properties and Hillcrest was snatching them up and redoing them and stuff like that. So, um, what did he so, do? Yeah, Convert so, it to condos or something? Or well, that was their plan. So apparently, the the realtor lied to them and told them, "Oh yeah, you can build up, you can tear them down." So they mm. were going to build like these townhomes and stuff. But where the building was, it was right behind like the old folks' towers, right there in Hillcrest mm -hmm. on the same street. It was just two down up but on Georgia. Those, yeah. yeah, but because of the flight path and everything, they only allow you to build so high up. <laughs> Plus. Plus all the power lines and stuff were still out outer power lines. Um, well, it doesn't help so, you, but at least it's a little like, right, well, right. good. So, you. so yeah. literally they were going to tear them down and build like these like eight row homes or something in that, in that property. Cause it was a big chunk of property. Um, they ended up not being allowed to do that. So they literally just slapped some paint on it and did some landscaping and rented it out for about three times what we were paying for. Oh. Um, Sounds yeah. about and right. They got it? Sounds... Yeah. What was that? Oh, and they got it? The price? Oh, yeah. Instantly. Oh, boy. Like that. Like, yeah. Um, and so during that period, I was, we were actually kind of homeless. Um, and so one of our friends actually stepped up and let us move in with him for a while to save up some cash. Um, found a place out in East County, uh, which is where I live now in a two bedroom house with a pretty big yard um, for just a couple hundred bucks more than what I was paying in Hillcrest. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Um, but the day I found, the day I got the news, I went to lunch, I got the call from the landlord um, and said, we got it, we're approved and everything. Got back from lunch and they laid us off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was literally like this, like high and then a low. Um, and it all worked out. Um, I have a new job in the medical field um, and love it. 
um, it's kind of a crappy commute. I go all the way from East County up to Torrey Pines every day. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a huge commute. Um, like 45 minutes or an, or, or an hour? Or? Uh, both. So in the morning, it takes about 35 to 45 minutes to get there. Um, and then I get off at three, which is like the just starting rush hour. So depending on what happens and how people are driving that day, it takes me about an hour to two hours to get home. So, yeah. At least you can work from home now, so. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is why I'm loving it, because I'm saving money and gas and I'm not having to deal with traffic, which is awesome. Well, hopefully um, they realize that they're saving money by not, like, having the lights on at the office and maybe the Well, well that's what well, well, there you are were saying still earlier, right? There. Well, there are still people there. No, that was my old job. So the old, oh. where I used to work, um, they closed it, but I work in a, a laboratory. So um, oh. they are, the lab techs are still there, but those of us who are not lab techs can work from home right now. So cool. Um, so yeah. And uh, let's see what else. Um, Jason and I are still together. It's been almost nine years now, uh, which is crazy. Nine, um, years. <laughs> nine years next month. <laughs> And then um, how long have you guys been married? Because that's, it's. Well, we, we've been engaged. We still have not gotten oh. actually married. But um, yeah, we just, you know, call each other our husband because we've been, common law, I guess we would be. But, <laughs> um, and then let's see, I got a puppy finally um, after years and years. You guys saw him earlier. Um, and I mean, things are, dog. Things really are going to, yeah, he's a little Frenchy. Um, he's super cute. His name's Obi, is in uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and trying to think of what else, <laughs> right? Um, so health wise, I too am older now, I am 43, um, uh, which is crazy to me. <laughs> um, I don't feel it, but um, some days I do. Um, but I also, <laughs> true, <laughs> but I also have uh, had a couple rounds with some masses that have had to been removed, um, and tested. Thankfully, they have both come back negative for cancer. Um, but I have been through two surgeries, which are the only surgeries that I've had in my life. Um, and they both have to do with, uh, with rectal cancer. So, um, mm -hmm. they had it, they had one removed, um, and then I tested it it came back fine. Um, and then they said, you know, I have to come back every six months for checkups for the next three mm -hmm. years. If it doesn't come back, then it's cool. Um, well, right at my three year anniversary, it came back. Um, so I actually just had surgery a couple months ago to remove a big mass, um, but it came back negative as well. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Like you said, you never think that you're going to have to deal with that. Um, and then all of a sudden it springs up, but my friends have been awesome, um, and, you know, helped out and, uh, yeah, so that's basically the last seven years in a nutshell. I'm a homebody. <laughs> I don't really go out and do much. Between driving from work and everything, I just come home and chill. Um, well, we all are now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now now. We are. <laughs> Doesn't it make you happy for science, you know, that you have, like, this, like, medical team that is looking after you and that you were going regularly, so you were on top yeah. of these things? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that, and honestly, kind of the benefit of that was me being positive, like, a while back was, that, you know, I constantly go to the doctor and I get blood work and checkups and everything. So they, they can see stuff right away, which is crazy. Sure. Um, and then I get full body exams once a year. Um, and so that was how they found it, you know, which was just crazy. Um, yeah, that's how so, I felt with the whole, with, with 
um, the having kidney issues is if I hadn't had those kidney issues, they never would have even known that that potential for cancer was there, you know, mm-hmm. and who knows how that would have gone. Just exactly thankful for the crazy shit that comes along. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And, it, and medical is advancing like crazy. Like it's insane. Like how, how stuff is now and like how they can cure things that they couldn't cure, you know, just a couple of years ago. Um, so it's, I'm thankful. Yeah. That's what they keep saying to me. They're like, hey, by the you know, by the time it comes back, there's gonna be some new way to get rid of it. So don't mm-hmm. sweat it. <laughs> exactly. It's true. Exactly. So what about you, Dave? What have you been up yeah, to? Yeah, Uncle Dave. Me? South Florida. <laughs> oh, start tell so I tell a medical story? No. Uh, I do <laughs> yeah, have yeah. one actually. What, actually, what did you have? <laughs> Well, other than everything else, which I'll talk about also, we heard these medical stories and like crazy things happening. I had a weird stroke of luck um, last year. Um, well, not let's just say stroke of luck because it was a bad situation. Um, about four or five years ago, um, I, I had turned 50. No, four years, uh, three years ago, I turned 50 and I went to do like the whole thing. When you turn 50, you're supposed to get a colonoscopy and this. I did a stress test to check your heart. And everything was great. When I went to get the colonoscopy, the doctor said to me, I, I thought that this turned into a medical show. It's just, it's just an example of how old It's the reality of being over 40. Soul, you know what I mean? Next, next compare, let's compare the, let's talk about the weather and compare prescriptions. Uh, no. So, um, uh, it was, so it was uh, three years ago. I was 50 years old. And I had my thing. And the doctor said to me, um, he goes, yeah, everything looks fine with the, um, the colonoscopy. He goes, but you have a um, you have a cyst on your butt, like right on the inside of my butt cheek. And he goes, uh, you should probably have that looked at. And I said, you know, that lump is sort of, that lump has been there for a while. It's been there for, you know, I, I don't know. Like that's I mean, my signature lump. I don't want to get rid of that. <laughs> three, three or four years. I know. It's, it's like how, it's, how it's there I, for your pleasure, right? <laughs> right. How can my iPhones ask him or recognize me? Uh, no. But it was just something I never had done. It never really bothered me, and, and never did anything. He goes, yeah. He goes, and he says, yeah, it's pretty significant. And I'm like, I said, is it really that big? I said, you know, I felt it there before. You can, I can feel it there. And he goes, yeah, it's about the size of a golf ball. And I said, oh, well, that seems big, but okay. That's big. Never bothered me, never had a problem, but it was under the skin. It wasn't like it's sticking on the outside of the skin. In fact, if you looked at it from the outside, you probably couldn't see, have seen anything, maybe a small lump. Do you have before and after pictures? Of lumpy? <laughs> no, 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 no. I gave birth to Lumpy back in September. So anyway, so here's, but anyway, but speaking of Lumpy, so what happened, is, you know, so blah, blah, blah. So that was January uh, three years ago. Well, fast forward to September of last year, we are um, uh, hurricanes bearing down on Florida. We don't know what's going on. Um, my partner plays um, softball uh, for the National Gay Softball League or whatever. They fly him to Texas to pay, play with the team in Texas normally. So he travels and plays with them. Well, the Gay Softball World City World Series is in Kansas City. And it's coming up. It's the, begin- it's, it's the first week in September. And it's coming up. Um, and a hurricane is bearing down on us. So our flight, we know our flights are going to get canceled because of the hurricanes. We know, you know, there's going to be a problem. So we said, okay, well, let's do this. Let's load us and the dogs up in the car. We have two dogs. We have a lab and a corgi. Um, let's load us up in the truck. We'll, and we'll just, we'll drive north and we'll head toward um, Kansas City. And we'll just drive there. And then when it's safe, we'll turn around and come back home. Fine. 
So we board up the house. Uh, well, actually, we got hurricane windows. Didn't have to do that. So we drive up. We get to Gainesville, which is you know sort of north, middle north of Florida, and heading that direction. We get to Gainesville on the first night. We stay in a hotel. We wake up in the morning. By the time we wake up in the morning, we find out that the hurricane is missing South Florida, and it's actually going to hit. I think it hit north, more northern part of the state, because um, I'm down in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, we realized it wasn't going to be a problem. And he's like, okay, well, so our flights, the flights aren't going to be canceled. Um, you know, you know, like, what do you want to do or whatever? And I said, well, at this point, you know, I, you know, let's just take me back home with the dogs. I'll take, you know, we'll, I'll take, you know, put every, pull all the furniture back outside and do everything I have to do. And I'll take care of the house. We'll, we'll drive back home from Gainesville and you can, um, then when your, your flight is the next day, you can fly out to go to Kansas City the next day. So he flies out to go to Kansas City. Well, the morning when we woke up in Gainesville, I noticed that Lumpy was feeling a little sore and was kind of like irritated. And I feel like I remembered feeling that in the past and, and, and just and kind of ignored it and it went away. Um, but it was really kind of irritating. So, so he flies out, he leaves, this is, I guess this is a Saturday, he flies out, he leaves for Kansas City. Um, and I'm, and it's, really, it's really getting sore. And then I'm starting to not feel well. I'm starting to feel like I have the flu. Oh, geez. Um, did it pop? <laughs> I, no, it didn't. But by Sunday, I'm really, I'm, by Sunday, I'm really, really sick. I have flu-like symptoms. I have a headache. I have a fever. Um, you know, I really, I just, I feel absolutely miserable. I have no energy. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, oh God, I got the flu or something. I said, all right. So we called his ex and I said, all right, you have to go over and get the dogs. I'm just going to run over. I'm just going to run over to the hospital, see if I can get some kind of Z-pack or some kind of a thing and, and get this taken care of. So I go there, whatever, I tell them my symptoms, I take my temperature, oh yeah, you have, you know, 102 fever and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, the other funny thing is this, this thing, dormant thing on my butt, which is probably, it's, it's a cyst started by an ingrown hair, they, they, the doctor had said, um, it's really been bothering me. And, um, you know, the past couple of days, I don't know what it is, but it's gotten really, really sore. And I said, well, roll over, let me have a look at it. I roll a look at it, he's like, <laughs> oh. Um, this That's is not a, a problem. <laughs> this is a problem. And I'm like, oh, I said, all right, well, what do you have to do? You have to lance it or drain it or whatever. Um, and he goes, well, no, well, based on the symptoms you're reporting, we think you have a staph infection. Ugh. And I'm like, okay, so you give me, you drain it, you give me some antibiotics, you send me home. He's like, mm, I wouldn't advise you leaving. In fact, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it against medical orders. Um, we want to admit you. And I'm like, oh my God, I gotta get home with the dog. Like all of our furniture is still, our outdoor furniture, patio furniture is still in the pool and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I, I can't, I'm like, I can't do this. I've got like stuff to do. I've got, you know, I have responsibilities. I have pets, I have, you know, whatever. And I talked to Damien on the phone and he's like, well, listen, if you think she should admit it, it must be pretty, pretty serious. And then the doctor turns around and says, listen, you, you, you've got a serious staph infection. And if we don't do something and pump you full of antibiotics, he goes, if we send you home, it's a staph infection, you know, you'll, you'll die. And I'm Jeez. like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, then I guess I'm staying. So we made arrangements and everything got taken care of, but I ended up spending um, uh, four, four nights in the hospital, which was a fucking nightmare because uh, while they pumped me full of antibiotics, they did the procedure in the, uh, in the hospital bed uh, didn't have to go into surgery or anything like that. They just sliced it open, drained it. Um, 
I'll spare you the disgusting details because it was disgusting for a few weeks because they had to come <laughs> every like, day. Yes, <laughs> they had to come every day and shove packing inside this gaping two-inch part of my body, and it was ugh. anyway. Um, it it, it, was, it took a month to get past the whole the the, the past the whole thing. I had four weeks of uh, of nurse coming to the house every day, twice a day, and um, what was I going to say though? But it was um, but yeah, but that was that was like pretty scary too. I mean that that was like. You know, and the worst part about it is it was like I was home alone. <laughs> and this is like the second time this has happened because I've had kidney stones in the past few years too. And he was away on a retreat when I had one and I'd end up driving myself to the hospital and all this other stuff. And then <laughs> I mean I'm he's like, Why are you always getting sick when I'm not home? Like why is stuff always happening? <laughs> and it's just like so and it's the worst. So it's, it's the worst yeah, time. He's not allowed to leave now. Right. He's he's not not well, now that was literally not. He's he's you know he's supposed to be away on a right now, and it's just that happened to when I was I Joey was out of town when my kidneys failed the first time, and then he went out of town and got kidney stones when he was out of town, and I'm just <laughs> like, look, clearly we cannot be separated. Our kidneys can't handle. <laughs> <laughs> he got kidney stones his young age. Oh god, he's had them more than once. It's ugh. some anyway. people are much more just have a more propensity. To I have think them. it's. I, I think it's the, in his family or something like that. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My, I had a neighbor. She was in her twenties, and she got him constantly, like to where they had to actually do like the ultrasound stuff and break them up. Yep. For yeah, her to pass them. Yeah, because hers were that bad. Well, I'm um, glad Lumpy them... didn't take you out, Dave. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad Lumpy didn't take you out. I well, I mean, it was it was just terrifying because as soon as they said it's a staph infection, I mean, my actually my mother died of a staph infection. She got in the hospital, so as soon as they said staph oh, infection, I'm like, okay, I understand the seriousness of this and and whatever. But it was it was just miserable. But anyway, the the horrible story is, and I have uh, I have a recording of it somewhere. But so the second night I'm in there, they put a guy in my room who's from New Jersey in the other side of the room. The first guy in the room, um, he went out for surgery and then went to recovery somewhere and didn't come back. They put another guy in there and all the good thing guy did was cry and talk on the phone all night. He's in the oh. bathroom crying because he can hear his phone ringing and whatever and like keeping me up. So then um, when the, I thought it was each, every day, I didn't know when I was going home. So they like, it was like, okay, well the doctors will come see you. And then they, I mean, you know, it's like in the hospital is like, oh, well the doctors should be here by, you know, by 9 a.m. or whatever. And they show up at like one. And they don't show up till two. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, come on. And um so it was just a nightmare and the people at the hospital were so great the nurse comes to me and she goes um the uh the the, the second night with this guy and i'm like something's got to give i gotta i gotta sleep and i'm like i, didn't, I wasn't gonna complain because i'm like i'm powering through this maybe i'm going home today whatever i had ended up being in the hospital one more night so the head of nursing had heard him from the hallway she comes in and goes listen we're going you're gonna have to be here one more night according to the um, the infectious disease doctor whatever he is so you, um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna put you in a room by yourself. And I said, okay, that's that's great. You know, that's you know that's fine. I appreciate that or whatever. Because because I know you could use a good night's rest, and you're gonna be here at least one more night. So they moved me to a suite at the other end of the hall. That Who is, is this. It has a fireplace. It has what? two televisions <laughs> a and a, a couch. A fireplace. It's the most amazing like room i'd ever seen has it's like huge huge private bathroom with a, a, a this huge shower two televisions that's a couch it was like crazy this room and i said what is this room like who gets this room and she's like well like 
trustees of the hospital, their friends, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. Wow. It's like a first thing. She goes, she goes, it's, it's, and she's like, she's like, I've been a nurse here for two years and I've only seen it used twice. So like nobody ever really even uses this room. Oh, wow. So anyway, it worked out, it worked out fine. But anyway, all right, enough medical stuff. But anyway, otherwise, um, shortly after we ended, I guess that, when did we end? Was it April of 2014? March, March of 2014. March. March of 2014, in May, um, I moved here to um, to Florida to be with my partner, who I'd been with for uh, roughly a year um, at the time, and we bought a house together here, and um, we um, uh, and it was in the gay neighborhood in Milton Manors, which is which is nice. It was fifty fifty, and then uh, just this past December, we upgraded, moved a little closer to the beach, and. Um, to a, uh, another neighborhood, which is a little, it isn't quite as 50-50. We've got some gay people here and there. Um, there's a lesbian behind us who has some very noisy birds. Um, there's like <laughs> That doesn't sound like Florida at all. <laughs> well, no, but it's so weird. Like I'm laying on the, I'm laying on the thing by the pool and I hear this beep and I'm like, it's beeping noise. I was like, it's something of ours beeping and I'm going nuts trying to figure out what it is. And I'm like, what the fuck is that beep? And it's happening again. And it's happening like every like two minutes or something. And I'm like, <laughs> it's none of the devices outside. It's not the alarm thing inside the house. It's none of the appliances or, or anything. I'm like, what the fuck is beeping? It's driving me crazy. And I finally realized it's one of her birds replicating a beep sound. Oh, so, gosh. Sure, so I sure enough, your biological <laughs> clock ticking. Right, exactly. <laughs> no. So sure enough, we're sitting out there like a week later or on the weekend. We're like hanging out by the pool or whatever. And he's like, what's that beeping? <laughs> And I'm just like, <laughs> nothing to Mars, it's a bird. But uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah we, we like our neighbors, we like our neighborhood, we moved to a beautiful neighborhood, the house is a little bit bigger, we have a garage and stuff like that. But so that's, you know, this is, that's new here and there. I've done, I've done a lot of traveling. We've taken um, two Mediterranean cruises. We've been to Alaska, we've been to Hawaii, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's been fun. And, and I'm just, you know, like now, how as Brian now knows what it's like to be, you know, in a in a relationship when you know you, you know, it's it's just it's not you, it's not just you, you know what I mean anymore. It's you know you, and it's and it's great. I mean, I just I, I, I love him more and more every day. He takes good care of me and he holds my hand in his sleep, which is real. Uh, it's real strange sometimes, but it's just like I was like, all right, I'm gonna roll a little flick out me, but. Uh, <laughs> I call Joey my golden retriever sometimes because he'll just like, oh, he just wants to come and like be touching. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's, it's that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to have someone around you to hug and, you know, sometimes you really need a hug, especially with all this shit going on. And uh, it's just, uh, it's funny. But it's, yeah, I mean, but like I said, life is, life is pretty good. And I'm pretty happy. I'm working the job that I like with a great boss, a really intelligent boss that uh, I get along well with and, and stuff like that. And, we're doing good. We're doing. We're doing really good. So awesome. We got our dog. That's we got our dogs and and everything and chaos and it's just you know we did we went we well and I should say this so we've been together it was seven years in February <clears throat> and seven years from the day we met in February um, but we've so our relationship has survived two kitchen renovations. We renovated the kitchen <laughs> at our old house. <laughs> And we just finished renovating the kitchen in our new house. Like, it, like they're installing the refrigerator on Monday, and like that's the last thing that has to be done. And uh, so we survived two live-in kitchen renovations. So I, I'm I'm told by the contractor that that is a uh, I've, I've a, uh, a huge deal. Yeah, my my friend that we were staying with, that he just renovated his whole house, and he said that's one of the biggest 
like couple um conflict things is yeah. like when you're living in the house and renovating it he's like it's just like constantly at each other's oh throats <laughs> and kitchen renovation is the worst because i i'm a big cook and baker and just like i'm like i got to the point like a few weeks ago i was like if i have to wash one more fucking dish in the bathroom sink i'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> strangle somebody and it's just like it's 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 too much but uh but yeah but is it crazy too now that you're home i mean for one thing we're saving a fortune on eat out meals um and the other thing is it's like we're running the dishwasher like every other day oh my god yeah. same same this is yeah. the dishwasher right here yeah yeah <laughs> same here oh my god what a huge man in the ass oh my god I'm so over washing dishes, but our whole thing is like, if he cooks, I wash the dishes. If I cook, he washes the dishes. So yeah. Well, that was supposed to be our thing, but it hasn't worked out that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, anything that can get in the dishwasher gets in the dishwasher. Just, I don't know. Hey, anyway. uh, JP, my, my headphones made a little doot doot. Do you think we should take a charger break before we? Yeah, let's take a charger break.